Hello and welcome to the GCR News Brief. It's Wednesday, September 16th, and here are a few of the top stories from the world of trade and trade finance this week. According to new data, French financial institutions have the most robust policies in place when it comes to eliminating support for coal projects, as well as the phasing out of current commitments. However, most banks and insurers still allow direct financing or insurance cover for new coal projects and have weak phase-out strategies. The research has been published by Reclaim Finance in partnership with 27 other NGOs and it counts, compares and rates the coal policies adopted by banks, reinsurers, asset owners and asset managers. The annual GTR Asia event returned last week in an all-new virtual format to reflect on an eventful year for global trade and developments in the Asian market. The event brought together 1,600 participants and included representatives from local and international banks, multinational corporations and SMEs, ECAs and multilaterals, and commodity brokers and traders, just to name a few. A wide range of topics were discussed, from the impacts of COVID-19 on Asia to the outlook for the rules-based multilateral system in the face of ongoing geopolitical upheaval, as well as the fallout from recent high-profile fraud cases in the commodity sector. Elsewhere at the event, senior reporter Eleanor Rag spoke exclusively to Michael Froman, Vice Chairman of Strategic Growth at Mastercard. Recent years have seen a series of disruptions to the multilateral trading system, and COVID-19 has served to bring these into sharper focus. Froman, who also served as the US Trade Representative from 2013 to 2017, gave his take on just how global we can expect the future of trade to be. And in other news, on Friday, the UK agreed a free trade agreement with Japan, the first deal of its kind since it exited the EU. The FTA, which is due to come into force at the start of 2021, will eliminate tariffs on 99% of goods traded between the nations, while also reducing trade barriers in services exports. The British government says the agreement, which has been signed in principle and must still get approval from the Japanese parliament, will boost trade between the UK and Japan by more than £15 billion. Although the UK government has since clarified, this estimated increase uses 2018 UK-Japan trade levels as the benchmark. So the UK's projected boost is not relative to the existing EU-Japan trade deal, which currently governs trade between the UK and Japan. Now we turn to a major story from last week. According to a new report from global risk analytics and advisory firm Veris Maplecroft, COVID-19 has increased modern slavery risks across key manufacturing markets in Asia. The Modern Slavery Index finds that Bangladesh, China, Myanmar, India, Cambodia, Vietnam and Indonesia have fallen to their lowest point in the ranking since 2017. The index measures the risks to business of the possible association with slavery, trafficking in persons and forced labour in supply chains, operations and service providers. Earlier, I spoke to reporter Maddie White about the index and what it means for players in trade. So it's an annual report and it measures the risk to business of the possible association with slavery, trafficking and forced labour in supply chains, operations and service providers. Countries that have fallen to their lowest point in the ranking since 2017 um, include Bangladesh, China, 
Myanmar, India, Cambodia, Vietnam and Indonesia. The ranking is of 198 countries. So Maddie, how has COVID-19 made the situation worse in these countries? So as demand for goods collapsed across Asia in the first half of the year, supply chains in the region were hit really hard. And this lack of demand has pushed more workers into the informal economy, where economic activity is not subject to government regulation or taxation and labour protections are minimal. And so this has resulted in the increased risk of modern slavery. So, for example, the research shows that poor labour law enforcement is pushing up risk in China, as well as India and Bangladesh, while Cambodia has seen the largest fall in rankings because of growing violations and a significant deterioration in enforcement capabilities. And Maddy, what does all of this mean for players in trade, exporting companies, for instance? It really means that companies with supply chains across Asia must do more due diligence with regard to their suppliers. For example, we have seen the US government warn businesses with supply chain exposures to the Xinjiang region, where Uyghur Muslims are reported to be detained, to be aware of the reputational, economic and legal risks of involvement with entities that engage in human rights abuses like forced labour. And Maddy, looking at China specifically, there's been outcry about the alleged detainment of by some estimates, up to a million Uyghur Muslims in high-security prison camps in the Xinjiang region. Beijing says that these are re-education camps with no forced labour or abuses. But can you tell me about the reports of forced labour and how businesses might be affected going forward? So businesses need to be aware of any involvement in regions where there is high risk or reports of forced labour, like in Xinjiang. In July, we saw a coalition of more than 180 organisations call out major clothing brands and retailers, including Nike, Amazon, Ikea and Zara, accusing them of having links to forced Uyghur labour in Xinjiang. A statement by the organisations reads, Brands continue to source millions of tonnes of cotton and yarn from the Uyghur region. Roughly one in five cotton garments sold globally contains cotton and or yarn from the Uyghur region. It is virtually certain that many of these goods are tainted with forced labour. So, if you are sourcing for cotton from that area, there is a high risk of the involvement of forced labour in the farming of that cotton. And earlier this week, we saw the US government take more action The US Customs and Border Protection issued five new withhold release orders for certain goods produced in China, including cotton, garments, computer parts and hair products from Xinjiang. Withhold release orders basically prevent goods from being imported into the United States when made with forced labour. In response, Foreign Ministry spokesperson Wang Wenbin says that the US is full of lies and rumours regarding Xinjiang. Thanks for listening to this episode of the GTR News Brief. We'll have more stories from the world of trade and trade finance soon. The music used for this episode was provided by Kevin McLeod with his track Loopster, as well as South London Hi-Fi with their track Sunrise Drive. Thanks for listening.